The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm John Tucker. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest on a celebration that turned into chaos in Kansas City. At least one person is dead, more than 20 others wounded in a mass shooting that followed the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade. Authorities say at least eight of the victims are children. Three suspects are in custody. Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas says the city's celebration should not have ended this way. This is a day that a lot of people look forward to, something they remember for a lifetime. And what they shouldn't have to remember is the threat of gun violence. And Mayor Quentin Lucas says the White House and federal agencies have offered assistance. President Biden put out a statement reiterating his call for an assault weapons ban. And turning now to politics here in the U.S., we're learning that former President Donald Trump considering major changes to America's commitment to NATO if he returns to office. Details from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Trump says scaled back commitments to NATO nations with a two-tiered NATO alliance where Article 5, which requires common defense of any member under attack, would apply only to those that hit defense spending goals, others not defended. His advisors say no plans have been finalized. Trump also says he wants to push Ukraine to settle the war as a condition to getting any more aid. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Ed, thank you. Russian President Vladimir Putin's weighing in on the U.S. presidential race for the first time. In an interview with state television, the Russian leader was asked who would be the better U.S. president for Russia, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Here's Putin's answer through an interpreter. Biden. Biden. He is the more experienced person. He is predictable. He is a politician of the old formation. But we will work with any U.S. leader who the American people have confidence in. Back in 2016, Vladimir Putin praised the other frontrunner, Donald Trump. And now let's turn to the Middle East. Gaza's health ministry says Israel has stormed the main hospital in southern Gaza. This comes a day after Israel's army warned the thousands who'd sought shelter at the Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus to evacuate. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has backed out of ceasefire talks in Cairo. He's calling Hamas's demand for a total Israeli withdrawal from Gaza delusional. Allies, including the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, are calling for restraint. The threats uh, to, uh, to more action on, on Rafa uh, has everyone deeply worried. We need to see stabilization in, in the region, peace, and we need to work on the two-state solution. It is the only way to ensure uh, durable peace and safety. Despite Prime Minister Trudeau's comments, Israel's position suggests even a temporary pause on the fighting remains a distant prospect. John, let's turn now to space. A privately owned moon lander is on its way to the lunar surface. Three, two, one, ignition, and liftoff. Go SpaceX, 
Go IM-1 and the Odysseus Lunar Lander. The IM-1 flight is carrying six NASA payloads of instruments designed to gather data about the lunar environment. The latest in SpaceX's Intuitive Machines mission is ahead of the agency's planned return of astronauts to the moon later this decade. And turning to the market, stock futures higher after the S&P 500 closed at 5,000 yesterday. It was a big tack once again leading the way. Now we found out tech was a big theme for hedge fund managers in the latest 13F filings. Let's get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Hedge funds seem to be chasing the rally in information technology fueled by the growth in artificial intelligence. The latest quarterly reports filed with the SEC show institutional buying of Amazon, Intel, and NVIDIA in Q4. Meta Platforms was an outlier, with a net sale from hedge funds worth $6.6 million in stock. It suggests these investors may have locked in profits after Meta jumped 18% in the final quarter of 23. Technology accounted for the biggest weightings in hedge fund portfolios portfolios at 25%. Consumer discretionary was next at 15%. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Radio. Doug, thanks. In company news, shares of Cisco are down more than 5%. The largest maker of networking equipment slashed its full-year forecast and also said it would cut about 5% of its global workforce. That's about 4,000 jobs. And we're also getting job cuts in the financial industry. Sources say Morgan Stanley planning to eliminate several hundred jobs. Those cuts will affect less than 1% of employees in the wealth management business, which has about 40,000 workers. Turning to the economy, another Fed officials urging patience when it comes to cutting interest rates. Federal Reserve Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr says he agrees with Chairman Jay Powell's cautious approach. I fully support what he called a careful approach to considering policy normalization given current conditions. January's report on consumer product index inflation is a reminder that the path back to 2% inflation may be a bumpy one. The Fed's Michael Barr also repeated his long-standing view that the U.S. banking sector is sound. In Europe, the U.K. slipped into a mild recession in the second half of 2023. Gross domestic product fell three-tenths of a percent of the fourth quarter. Well, that follows an unrevised one-tenth of a percent decline in the previous three months. And Japan's economy also unexpectedly slipped into recession after shrinking for a second quarter due to anemic con- uh, domestic demand. GDP contracted at an annualized pace of four-tenths of one percent in the final three months of last year, following a revised 3.3 percent retreat for Japan's economy in the previous quarter. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Republican chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Mike Turner, is publicly warning of a national security threat concerning a destabilizing foreign military capability so serious that he says President Biden should declassify all information about it. It's reported the intelligence relates to Russia wanting to put nuclear weapons into space to possibly use against satellites. House Speaker Mike Johnson says he's aware of the issue and wants the public to stay calm. I saw Chairman Turner's statement on the issue, and I, I want to assure the American people there is no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter. Speaker Johnson says he will press the Biden administration to take appropriate action. The White House is urging House Republicans to agree to a foreign aid package already passed by the Senate. The $95 billion bill would fund Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. But House Speaker Mike Johnson has said that he won't bring the bill to the floor. Johnson wants foreign aid to be tied to border security, but the Senate proposed a bipartisan plan earlier this month that Speaker Johnson refused to put to a vote. 
White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says that Johnson is stonewalling congressional progress and listened to former President Trump, who pressured Republicans to kill the bipartisan deal. What is it? He decide, Instead, he decides to choose Donald Trump. And let's not forget, there's fentanyl traffickers, right? That's what he, he, he sided with over the Border Patrol, uh, over, uh, over this president. And what, in doing what majority of Americans wants us to do. He's the one killing this. Speaker Johnson says he wants to meet with President Biden. But the White House says that there's nothing to negotiate because the bipartisan Senate deal contained much of what Republicans have been asking for related to border security. Donald Trump is expected to be back in the New York court today for a hearing that could decide whether the former president's first criminal trial begins in late March. Trump pleaded not guilty last April to 34 counts of falsifying business records. Prosecutors say Trump's company kept fraudulent records as part of a scheme to bury stories about extramarital affairs that the former president says were false. Trump's lawyers say the criminal case is politically motivated. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. The Knicks right now have more injured players than healthy ones. Jalen Brunson did play in Orlando, but six of the Knicks' top players did not. And sure enough, they lost to the Magic 118-100. to Brunson scored 33 in defeat. He's now headed to Indianapolis to play in Sunday's All-Star game. It's a good time for the All-Star break as the Knicks hope to at least get some of these injured players healthy. They've lost four in a row, five of six, since that nine-game winning streak. The Nets lost in Boston. 550, 136 to 86. It's the second worst loss in Nets history. It's the Celtics' second win this season by 50 or more. Only two other teams have ever done that in NBA history. Before the game between Detroit and Phoenix, a fight in the tunnel, an apparently one-sided one with the Pistons' Isaiah Stewart punching the Suns' Drew Eubanks in the face. Police broke it up and they arrested Stewart. He was cited and released. College Hoops, number one UConn, won by 36 at DePaul. Also in the Big East, Seton Hall beat Xavier. Fordham lost to St. Bonaventure. Ohio State fired coach Chris Holtman. He's in his seventh season, has four years left on his contract. Assistant Jake Diebler takes over the Buckeyes 14-11, and 4-10 in the Big Ten. Also getting fired, 49ers defense coordinator Steve Wilkes. PGA Tours at Riviera in L.A. for Tiger Woods. His first appearance at a sanctioned PGA event in almost a year. And he's got high hopes. A nice W would be nice, right? Um, I, haven't, uh, I haven't ever won this event. So I've played this event since, what, since 92, and on the years I've played, I've still never have won this event. So hopefully that uh, I can figure something out and um, get myself in there in contention and um, you know, maybe get a W at the end, end of the week. Tiger tees off today, 1225 Eastern. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We are coming up to two years since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And as the U.S. gets closer to a presidential election, America's commitment to its traditional allies is becoming more of an issue. Bloomberg News has learned former President Donald Trump is considering dramatic changes to the U.S. stance on NATO if he were to return to the White House. And here with us now to discuss it is Bloomberg News senior editor Bill Ferries. Bill, we know the pre- the former president has been uh, critical of NATO in the past, to put it mildly, but from what we're hearing, the changes he's contemplating are pretty dramatic. That's right, Nathan. Uh, thanks. It sounds like what uh, what former President Trump has in mind if he's back in the White House is some kind of two-tiered NATO, where uh, the the Article 5 commitment, and that's the one that basically says, if you're attacked, uh, we will all come to defend you. Um, that would only apply to countries that are meeting the, uh, the 2% of uh, GDP Two uh, percent of spending of GDP on defense threshold—that's kind of long been, uh, kind of long been the marker for NATO. Uh, it's not a requirement. It's not put into the NATO charter or anything like that. But what President Trump, uh, former President Trump, seems to be proposing is if you're below that threshold and you get attacked, then uh, we may not come to your defense. Well, uh, and, and we've also seen a lot more attention, not to interrupt, Bill, but uh, yeah. on the uh, the commitments that uh, NATO members have been making at this point. At least a majority of NATO nations are meeting that 2% threshold, aren't they? They are. It's uh, when when President Trump took office, uh, NATO members were already starting to ramp up spending. That started uh, in about 2014, 2015, after Russia's invasion of Crimea. Uh, that continued through the Trump presidency. It was, as you mentioned, a frequent uh, focus of his speeches uh, about NATO. Uh, we're at like about two thirds. I think 18 or so of the roughly 30, 31 members are spending at least two percent of GDP on defense. Now, it's it's important to remember NATO's not like. A, a bank account that they're all depositing money in. This is literally how, what they are spending. How you define defense includes, you know, salaries and health care benefits, uh, a, as well as weaponry. So, uh, 
how that how that breaks out within every country is going to be different. But you're at about two thirds of the uh, of the 31 members at this point. What's the reaction among NATO members or among NATO itself uh, to this kind of contemplation from the former president? How seriously are they taking this? Well, it's, you know, it's, I think, uh, it's drawing a lot of concern if he gets in the White House that maybe the NATO alliance as we know it will basically start to fall apart. I think the Article 5 uh, commitment is kind of seen as the core of NATO. It's only been invoked once in the organization's history. That was uh, uh, by the United States after September 11th. Um, but it's really seen as the reason there is a NATO. It's, it's, it's the alliance that provides the bulwark against uh, uh, a resurgent Russia. Uh, and so I think a lot of countries look and start to wonder, you know, um, if you're a Baltic state and you are, even if you're making your 2% or more uh, of spending on GD- of, on defense, would the U.S. be there to defend Latvia or Lithuania? That's something that uh, former President Trump uh, has mocked in the past, the idea that U.S. troops would go to defend those states. So uh, I think across the alliance, it's going to generate a lot of alarm. And as we're uh, reporting these uh, contemplations by the former president, really interesting to hear uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin being asked about the U.S. presidential race and who he would consider a better president for Russia, Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And he's saying, Biden, what's your takeaway from that? Yeah, I, uh, it's going to be very hard for me to try to get into Vladimir Putin's head. Uh, all I know is, you know, what he did say, he said he views Biden as more experienced and predictable. Uh, more traditional type politician. Uh, He was very much uh, talking uh, positively about uh, Trump and the 2016 campaign. Uh, But I don't think the Trump presidency necessarily worked out uh, in the way that maybe uh, Vladimir Putin may have hoped uh, for him. But it's it's what he said. I'd, I'd hate to speculate as to what his motives are. In the meantime, our last 30 seconds here, we also heard former President Trump out on the campaign trail saying that uh, he would uh, make further Ukraine aid alone uh, if he were to come back to the White House as well. What's some of the reaction to that? Well, it's, uh, you know, this is this is talking about that $60 billion in aid that's kind of stalled right now in the House. Uh, he's he's saying basically, you know, maybe this should be some kind of a loan that they uh, they don't have to pay back if they lose the war, uh, and then they can pay back if uh, if they win. I don't think that's going to help uh, move, move uh, the debate over this aid uh, in either direction at this point. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm John Tucker. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.